Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. We are back. It is U.S. Open week. Wits, how we doing today? Uh, I know, I know, you're still recovering from last night's basketball game, but. Prior to discussing that, I just had to check in and see how you were doing. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, it was a tough game to watch. I didn't even bet on the Bucks. So I do have them to win the East, a small wager, but oof, just a gross, gross game and a microcosm of the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I think that's the, uh, the final stamp on the Milwaukee Bucks. I think we've seen it for, uh, for many years now. Um, that they just can't get over the hump. They also just don't have the talent down the stretch or in important games to win it. Um, but before we get into that, it's a big time for gambling. Like I was mentioning, we have the U.S. Open, the NBA playoffs, the NHL, yep. all that's going on right now. So the month of June is heating up. Tons of exciting sports action. And BetOnline is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to the U.S. Open to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sporting needs. Visit the website today, use your mobile device, uh, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sporting experts. Um, God, I can never get through those, but it's okay, we did, we made it. Um, We had been betting on the NBA uh, and had been pretty successful a lot of big news today in the NBA that's really shaking up that's really shaking up gambling moving forward. Kawhi Leonard, maybe a torn ACL. That's yeah. a it's a real big buzzkill because we're gonna go into a conversation about basketball over the last decade. Um, but Kawhi's out. Kevin Durant's playing without a healthy Harden. I mean, Harden, <laughs> what was the what was the opportune tweet last night about James Harden? He was a liability on offense and defense. And the Nets were playing four on five. And at some points it looked like it was KD one on five. Chris Paul, COVID, might miss the next beginning of the next series. I mean, this is getting a little scary. A little scary out there in the trenches. Yeah, it was uh... – a lot of news, and they just kept, they just kept firing it at you. Like I woke up, I got got to work, saw the Chris Paul stuff. You know, an hour later, I'm getting to my day. I see the Kawhi stuff. Um, so it was it was a crazy day. But Roz, I think you know before we get to the rest of the playoff implications, I think we need to discuss Game Five 
in the Bucks Nets series. I know we, we talked about this at length last night. Um, I had a lot, have a lot of thoughts on it. And the first thing, before we get into the start of the game, I definitely gained a lot more respect last night for James Harden because that is the type of game that when you look back at his playoff stats in 10 years, you look at that box score, you're like, he had a horrible game. But I look at a guy who has been, I would say, not shit on in his career for not winning, but just like not being a, like a killer. And to go out there and play 46 minutes, basically on one leg, that didn't play very well. But the fact that he went out there and did it, give the guy a lot of credit. In today's NBA, when guys get a finger, a, you know, a hangnail and they're sitting out, for him to go out there and gut it out, I'm patting him on the back. But therein lies the problem. I agree, right? G- give him his roses, give him his flowers right there. Absolutely. But for the Bucks to lose to a guy, again, literally playing as hobbled as can be, I don't know how you don't have, like you said, switching in the NBA seems to be a freak because nobody wants to play defense anyways. No, barely ever do you see people fight over the screens in the NBA. How, right. they, how they didn't get – I'm going to name three players. I'm sure we can get a – I'm sure all the Bucks starters could have had – even Pat Connaughton could probably get past a hobbled James Harden, who you mentioned last night already isn't a great defender or a great defender to begin with. How they right. didn't switch and just attack Harden all night long is beyond me, honestly. Um, like you said, kudos for him being out there, um, especially since you're right, he doesn't have that whole team, team player mentality other than the assists that – he dials up every single game, but how do you not exploit James Harden last night? That's it's criminal. I think that it, the Nets would have been better if he didn't play. <laughs> I mean, I think they would have been better if he didn't play if they were playing anybody but the Bucks, because, like you said, all the players on the floor refuse to attack Harden, um, and I got to put some. I've got to put a lot of the blame on on Budenholzer, on the Bucks coach, for not game planning better and at least taking care of business and it's not like they got blown out of the gym they were up 16 points at half and to lose that game I mean it it's it's almost criminal Roz it is criminal to the fact that the Bucks have been a perpetual disappointment in the playoffs and they finally get a series that I would say is, is essentially gift wrap right Harden goes down in the first play Kyrie Irving hurts his ankle and they claw back to 2-2, and you're thinking, there's no possible way, I don't care if KD's the best player in the world, that he can beat this Bucks team alone. But meanwhile, here we are, the Nets with a 3-2 series lead. Um, and I guess now, now it's time to talk about it, Roz. I think that was a top five playoff performance ever by one Kevin Durant last night. Yeah, I agree. I think we're going to really talk about Kevin Durant here in a second. But you brought up Mike Budenholz. I'm good blaming Mike Budenholz for 44 minutes of the game. But let's be fair. That team was in it. That team had a lead. They were, you know, who the last four minutes is on. I don't even want to put it on Chris Milton. It's on Giannis. Two, two-time MVP, really, in your stadium. Or at, they were in Brooklyn, my bad. But still, you're dominating the, the whole game. You let them claw all the way back in. You exert a lot of effort making those comebacks. So that team had to be – I mean, Katie played 48 minutes. How do you yeah. not attack? How do you not close if you're Giannis? Blame, blame Budenhoser for 44 minutes. 
you got to blame Giannis for the last four. Yeah, and that's – I mean, that's the thing about it, Roz. Again, looking at the box score, I, I can't fault the guy for having 32 points and 14 boards. Like, that's, that's not what this is about. It's not like he went out there and, you know, scored six points and was non-existent. But, you know, when the Bucks needed him the most – and I think that that's kind of that kind of comes with the territory, right? Of being a big time player, being a quarterback on a team, you probably take more share of the blame and and more share of the good things that come your way, whether they are your fault or not. But like you said, the last even the last two minutes of that game, there were four possessions or four things that stood out to me with Giannis. You know, first it was you know getting guarded by James Harden on one leg, and nobody puts their head down better than Giannis and drives to the rack. Cause I, I've, I've tried to play his assist prop many times and been so frustrated because he just doesn't look up, but he decides to shoot the fadeaway. Then down by two points, he goes one of two at the line, then has that key turnover, which I thought was a great play by Chris Middleton mishandles it. Then down by four, he goes one for two again. And I mean, a two time MVP of the league, you need a guy to step up for the Bucks. He didn't do it. And as as, much, as great as that game was by KD, I, I would say the, the Bucks lost that game, and it was by a, an, an all-human effort by KD. There, there was no reason the Bucks should have lost that game. Zero. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think there's the – I think KD played a legacy game, and there's yeah. nobody asking that, but I think the Bucks blew a game also. I think there's two sides to that coin. And I don't want to yeah. take away from I don't want to take away from either of them, right? I, I think KD should be held on this pedestal, and I think the Bucks should also be crucified for blowing that game. And we t- we're talking about it. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get into it yet. I guess we're talking about KD, so we can kind of talk about it a little bit. But Giannis, sweet two MVPs. We're kind of talking about it. It's kind of like the bigger Russell Westbrook, right? Can get to the rim, is so explosive, but when you need shots, he's not making them. And I was saying, I know that. The Nets dropped two, but even at the end of the game, in that low-scoring 86-83 to 83 final, Kevin Durant made every single one of those last shots. He didn't have the opportunity right. to take the last shot because Bruce Bowen or whatever his name is took the last shot. Um, Bruce Bowen's the old guy in the Spurs. Who am I talking about? Bruce right. Brown. Bruce Brown. But you know who I'm talking I'm talking about the shooter yes. from the Spurs. Um, I, <laughs> I, I love how I do that. Uh, but Kevin Durant hits the shots. You've got Steph Curry who can hit the shots. Kawhi Leonard hits the shots. LeBron James has even hit, I mean, in that Bulls series way back in the day. Hit some pretty crucial shots following Derrick Rose's buzzer beaters. But I think what I'm saying is, and if you're listening to the show, you're going to realize this really quick if you go look at Wikipedia. Over the last decade, there have been four players in complete control of the NBA. And Kevin Durant, who – some could say has hid behind talent the other teams he's played with can't can't not be recognized especially after a performance like last night the four right. Kawhi, KD, Steph Curry and LeBron James are the only four players who've won the finals MVP over the last decade all and all four of them are the only four players or they're not the only four players but their teams have been in the finals for the last decade starting with the Heat's run starting with Kawhi, who doesn't get this recognition, but won the finals MVP with the Spurs when they beat LeBron. So they were both in that one. Then you get the Warriors, LeBron, back and forth forever. Then you get Kawhi in Toronto, of all places. And in the midst of that Warriors run, KD wins two finals MVPs. 
Right. So it's just like, and then obviously to top it off last year, LeBron wins it with the Lakers. So it's just like, those are, we've finally found it. There's a, a, there's a top tier, the number one tier. And that's what we're in right now. And we got to witness one of those guys absolutely do it and dominate last night. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing about it, Roz. It's Giannis is a two-time MVP. I know, I know KD's won one MVP, but last night really solidified kind of what you said. There's a very select few guys in the NBA who can do the type of things that KD did and have had as much success as he's had. Um, and I just, I can't put Giannis in that category. And, you know, I don't, I don't like to like to trash him, especially for, for the game that he had, like, that's a great, that's a great game. You look at the stat sheet, but when it, when it really mattered the most, he really didn't show up for the Bucks, And, you know, there, there's no reason they should have blown that lead anyways, but they did. And that happens. And, you know, I look at KD, it just seems like they had a much better game plan. It was like, we talked about the switching off the screens and like how many times did Kevin Durant attack Pat Connaughton on the Bucks? Nothing wrong with Pat Connaughton, but he's nowhere near the defender that Drew Holiday is, that Giannis is. Um, and I well, think the was, Bucks had, like you said, the Bucks defensive team. They had two players on what the all defensive team. Why isn't Giannis guarding KD? I don't care about lateral movement. If he can't do it, let, like at least let us see that Giannis, your MVP and defensive player, can't do it. Right. And and here's my thing. I, I was doing a lot of reading on this because I I wouldn't call myself like a an NBA advanced analytics, like actually breaking down the game. I, I saw a lot of things like Giannis is really a rim protector, like a Rudy Gobert, like that's more of his role. I, I really don't care. Like on the Nets, who's he protecting the rim from? Blake Griffin? The Nets don't even have an inside presence. And especially in that type of game, there's no Kyrie. There's a James Harden who was barely there. And then you've just got a, a bunch of role players, you know, Joe Harris, Blake Griffin, Bruce Brown, you know, Landry Shamet. Who, who are we protecting the rim from? And if you're telling me, if you're the de a former defensive player of the year, all NBA, first team defense, like there's no reason why he shouldn't have been guarding KD more. And people can tell me whatever they want about how the game's supposed to be played and how Giannis played. I really don't give a shit. Neither do I. LeBron James guarded Derrick Rose. They're not even remotely close in size, and one would argue that Derrick Rose should be quicker and more elusive. Like, because exactly. best player on the best player, fucking do it. That's it's basketball. Jesus Christ, Xander, me and you, two different style of basketball games. We go, we go one on one. You, that's what you. If you want to prove something, beat the man. Right, and the, there was only one game, one way the Bucks were going to lose that game, and it was it was if KD had the game of his life, and he did. And it's just he did 49 points, 48 minutes and 17 rebounds, 10 assists, three steals. Jesus Christ. I mean, it was it was incredible. And I, I think there's the two big storylines. The Bucks definitely blew it. And it's disgusting to watch that team play basketball. And at the same time, KD had, I think, one of the better games that I've ever seen. And it was a perfect storm that ended in another disappointing Bucks loss when they were legitimately served this series on a platter. <laughs> Silver platter. Reading, Silver platter. welcome to the Eastern Conference Finals. But nope. Right. I, and it's funny because I think that, that ended the series. I think the series is over. I mean, I again, there, 
right, you got two more games where potentially you still have a hurt Harden and Irving, but I don't know how their, their ego and drive should be bruised as can be. But like we were saying, so many other injuries, the Suns have been able to coast. They swept. But then they have the Chris Paul stuff with COVID. Like, my God. And this is my whole thing about COVID and getting your shots. I don't want to be on a political spectrum. Get your shots. You're not going to get sick if you get your shots. Then we don't have these fucking problems. Then I don't have to think about what happens if Chris Paul doesn't play and what the money line is there. And what, like, losing out. I mean, with the with the Kawhi injury, the Jazz are now plus 300 to win the West. The Suns went down to plus 400. They were plus 450. Um, but I guess that with Chris Paul – being up in the air, you don't really know what's going to happen. But there's a lot of basketball left. We got three more 2-2 series. We've got the Sixers and Hawks. I'm under the impression the Sixers are playing with their food, and I hope they get caught playing too much at this point. If you're going to joke around and look like ass, I kind of want you out of the playoffs. But I have to imagine they're going to pull this series off. It's just should have done it in four, and they should have done it on the games I bet them on. Yeah, that's that's one thing, that's for sure. But yeah, the seventy sixers, for them to lose that last game against the Hawks, and depending on when you're listening to this, we're we're talking about game four. You know, obviously we got game five tonight, but that that was another game that Philly had no business losing to a Hawks team that I think is good, but not not in the same league. And, you know, there was I think kind of under the radar news today about Joel and B. Um being questionable I still think he's going to play but it looked to me near the end of that game four that I think that the knee is catching up to him a little bit and as great of a player as he is like that that's tiring being out there for a hard-fought series and to let a team like the Hawks hang around and hang around like I wouldn't fall out of my chair if the Hawks pulled this out in seven, I really wouldn't because the Sixers. That'd be fun. I'd be so down. I hate the Sixers. Me and you don't like the Sixers anyways. Yeah. To me, the, the Sixers, Doc Rivers kind of remind me a little bit of the Bucks in a sense that it just seems like they don't really get it done. And I mean that the position that they're in right now, you know, they're going to need to rely on some other guys, you know, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Seth Curry. Um, because like we watched with the Clippers, man, you're you're one play away from being without your superstar, and where does that leave you? I mean, it leave it leave you in a boatload of trouble. So, you know, we'll see what happens with the Sixers here. I know they're big favorites tonight. I think the line is you know, seven. seven or seven and a half, seven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the the fact the fact that they didn't win that last game after being up huge in the first quarter, it was like, this, is this really a championship team? I don't think so. No, I don't think they are. I've never thought they were, honestly. Um, uh, and that's – and I actually haven't watched much of that series at all. I've gambled on it, but it's not very exciting to me. I think the Bucks nets is exciting. It's just crazy how that game went down. And then the West has been great, and this Kawhi news flipped a two-and-a-half point spread to a seven-and-a-half point spread like that. Now it's all in Paul George, and this is not even one where I'm like, ah, this is a legacy determiner for Paul George. The Clippers team isn't that great as a whole. And Kawhi certainly has been the engine that has kept that thing alive. So him being out, Paul George could score 50 tonight, and they can lose by six and be like, oh, it was that close. But this isn't going to make or break his legacy because I, I really just don't think he can do it. I don't think he'll be remotely close. His 50 points are different than Kevin Durant's 49. 
it's just the impact Kevin Durant has on that game, significantly more important. I think he's going to have empty 50 points if that's what they need. Because if they don't get 50 from him, I don't know where the scoring is coming from. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting game for Paul George. And if I'm Paul George, I mean, I think this is kind of the culmination of an entire career where, I mean, people like you and me have shit on him for a long time for not showing up in the playoffs, not being that, you know, that Robin to a Batman or that number two guy who can really get it done, um, which is why he's never really gone anywhere in the playoffs. And now he's, I don't want to say stuck in an impossible situation, but this is, this is very tough. So if, if Paul George were able to lead this Clippers team to a series win over, I think a very good jazz team, um, I think that that would do a lot when people look back at, at Paul George's career, but like you said, Rod, and I agree with you. I don't think this Clippers team is is really is very good at all. So, you know, when they play tonight, I mean, you're, you're going to need guys like Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Reggie Jackson to really step up to the plate. Um, because I think one of the only reasons this series is still close, in my opinion, I think the Jazz are a much better team, is the fact that Mike Conley is out. So, you know, that puts a lot more pressure on Donovan Mitchell, who himself is not 100% healthy right now. So, you know, with a, with a, I would say a bum ankle, you know, there's, we, we're putting a good position, I think, Clippers wise, um, with everything going on. I mean, besides the Kawhi news, I mean, I think they still have a shot, but I mean, this, this Jazz team is a, is a very good team. So the Clippers are going to be needing to fire on all cylinders with a lot of these role players. And they, I think everybody's going to have to play an exceptional game. Um, and a couple other guys we didn't mention. You know, Terrence Mann has got to put in some big minutes off the bench. Zubats has to play better. Um, maybe maybe even Boogie Cousins has to come in and give him, you know, 10 or 15 hard minutes because this is a, this is a, a very good Jazz team. And without Kawhi Leonard, who, like you said before, is probably one of the top, you know, the top five players of this decade, of this generation, it's a, it's a very tall task. But all that being said, I do think the Clippers can win but it's going to take an exceptional effort from more than just Paul George for them, for them to make that happen. Yeah. I, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. Uh, although I think the jazz handle it easily. Um, so I'm not in agreement that you think they could still win. Uh, I just think that it's going to take a lot of effort from the rest of the team. It'll be interesting. You know, the sun, the suns to me are still the fun. They're the fun team to root for right now. And after that game by KD, kind of just sitting there waiting for a potential Suns Nets matchup in the NBA Finals. I think that'd be a fun one. I think it'd be a good one for the league. I think this is the best basketball postseason. And I know there's actually people arguing the opposite. This has been a really rough postseason to watch. I think it's the best. I think when you can knock off Steph Curry, LeBron James, potentially now Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you're like we said, there has been the same four staples in the NBA Finals for the last decade. And the NBA does trend that way. I know before that it was the Spurs and Lakers. Um, but I, I like the, uh, the variety in teams that are left and the potential for them to win. Uh, it's not one of those lockdown years where the Golden State Warriors are going to win the NBA Finals in five games just because they don't want to go for the sweep. They want the extra bonus money for game five. Um, so, yeah, basketball has been fun. We'll have to see where it goes. These injuries and these illnesses that are going around, is, it's rough. It's definitely dinging up to what is the remainder of this postseason. Let's talk, uh, let's talk U.S. Open. We're here, third major, usually the second major, major of the year, but again, 
BGA went first. We're pulling the full. We're, we're going to follow Wits this time. We're going to go full kamikaze in our uh, U.S. Open player pool. I've gone, I've gone every big dog except for John Rahm because I used him already. And I'm going with Dustin, Brooke, Bryson, Colin, and JT to try to bring my team to the promised land. Um, and then we also have some bets. I'm actually hopping off the first round bets for the first time in a long while. I think my golf betting is coming close to retirement until I start earning a little bit more in my professional career. Um, but I do have winner bets that I'm excited about. It's rare you get to see JT at 22 to one. I'm also on Colin Morikawa at 22 to one with wits. Um, and then we have some fun ones, some old winners of ours that we're going to be loading on the back end. I know I've got 100 to 1 Harris English and 66 to 1 Jason Kokrak. I kind of missed the missed the boat a little bit on Kokrak, who's lower coming into the weekend, but uh, he's coming off a win recently. So those are my picks for the U.S. Open. Wits, I'm sure you've got a lot to go into. Yeah, I mean, Roz, I think, uh, you know, Morikawa, English, and Kokrak, I think those were three of my favorite plays for winners. Um, you know, I think if you listen to the show at all, it's we don't really love betting on anything under you know thirty or forty to one. But I, I would say near the top, Colin Morikawa to me is the best irons player in the world right now. So the fact that he doesn't have as much length as some other guy, it doesn't worry me as much because you know that that's the thing about the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, if you've seen any of the Twitter videos, ball gets lost in the rough. You, you can barely see it. So, you know, as, as important as driving the ball long is driving accuracy and how good you are with your long irons, that's going to play a big, a big factor this week. So that's why I like Morikawa. And then you look at a guy like Kokrak, who's been around for a long time, Roz, and never really did much, but two wins in the past year, one of them coming pretty recently, a few weeks ago. I think he's a guy, you know, if he gets hot, um, can compete with the best players in the world. So he's a guy that I like. Harry English, uh, I think, really burst onto the scene last year. Um, you know, he's been around for a while, too. But at 100 to 1, I, I think you're, you're getting some decent value there. And then the last guy I would add as a winner is Max Homa. You find him at 70 or 80 to 1 on most sites. And Homa, um, another very popular Twitter, very popular Twitter guy. Um, he's had a big year as well. Right? Came away with his first PGA Tour win uh, in a while. He's really, really burst onto the scene, in my opinion. And I think he has the talent. If he can put together four solid rounds, you know, at 80 to 1, that, that's a guy that I really like. So he's uh, going to be one of my winner bets. Also, a first-round leader play. And, you know, I'll just run through my, you know, my guys for the first round. I do like Homa and Koprak. Um, for first round plays also going to sprinkle a little bit on Chan Kim at 200 to one. So uh, teeing off, I think one of the last 15 tee times. So a little bullet near the end of the day. So I would say those are my top three. Also looking at Paul Casey at 50 to one, um, hearing a lot of good things about him this week is also a very solid irons player. And, you know, we saw Phil Mickelson win the PGA. So why, why not another old guy to come out hot? And my last first round leader play, play that I really don't like, but I think that's that's why I'm putting it in. It's Justin Rose at 66 to one um, as the first round leader, and you know we saw him do this at the Masters, 
went seven under in the first round. So, you know, that's a guy, um, really excellent ball striker when he's on, when he's off it, it can get, it can get ugly fast, but I think Justin Rose at 66 to one, um, you know, that's a guy I'm willing to, to sprinkle a couple dollars on for a first round lead. Cause he does, he does come out hot quite often. So I would say those five guys along with the winners that you talked about. Um, yeah, that's, that's going to be my main focus for the week. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm just, uh, I was just taking a look and seeing some people are telling me that Patrick Reed, and by the way, people have been telling me Patrick Reed for tournaments to come is a guy to look at, but let me let it be known. I'm done being on that. I Patrick Reed can get third place all he wants, but I don't bet third place. This isn't watching horse racing. I'm not going for win place show here. I'm going for the winners only. Um, so I'm staying away from that. I, I've heard Fitzpatrick tends to play Matthew Fitzpatrick, that is, plays better on tougher courses. And then Patrick Cantlay has always been a stud on the West Coast. So I'm a little worried about the Brits coming in here. But I got I to gotta hold on hope that my guys that I picked earlier are going are gonna to stay on top. But that's really all I got for the U.S. Open. Which is there any, any last thoughts you have on the U.S. Open or you, you kind of ran through yours? Yeah, I just wanted to go over a couple um, a couple DraftKings plays that I like. Uh, you know, every week, you know, like to enter a couple bigger tournaments. And, you know, with this week, you look at the top of the board, to me, what I'm seeing, um, guys like John Rahm, Bryson DeChambeau, Xander Schauffele, Brooks Kepley, I think, I think you're going to be very popular in lineups, as they should be. So, you know, as gross as this play is and as, as long as I had ragged on him for, if you're looking for a good pivot near the top of the board, I think you look at two guys here. I think Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy, I think could, could be some really excellent pivots in that top tier of guys that, you know, if they play well, that, that could win you a big tournament, right? Because you look at a guy like Spieth, played so well this year but nobody's really talking about him this week because I don't I don't think the course really fits his game too well but you know the, the guy is a grinder and we've seen that this year he's got seven top 10 finishes um got a victory so I think Jordan Spieth and then Rory McIlroy kind of along the lines of Justin Thomas you know I know he got that win a few weeks back but for the most part this year really hasn't been playing his best golf on a consistent basis so I think those are two guys. Um, if you're looking to make a pivot at the, at, a, at the top of these huge tournaments, you know, I, I would start building your lineup around those two guys if you're looking for to shake things up a little bit. Amazing. And uh, once again, we dominated this show with a lot of basketball. And, of course, it's a major week, so we had to, uh, we had to get into it. But uh, any, are we saving baseball? We, I feel like we got a lot of baseball to cover eventually but we got so much going on that baseball's just gonna have to take the the, the back seat yeah I think uh as much as I love baseball I think we're gonna have to we're gonna have to push it off another week because there's just there's too much going on here um so we will get you those power rankings eventually just not today we will get you the power rankings I mean I was just looking at baseball stats and and uh just getting ready for if which had asked me a question I mean there's some interesting things going around the league if you haven't watched Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play baseball he is having quite the season I don't know what you punched your ticket at for him if you took him preseason for MVP um, obviously you can pitchers win the MVP which uh yes they can because 
If that's the case, maybe nobody better than Jacob DeGrom. So we shall see. Um, but that is the opening line this week. Wits, any big uh, big things coming up this weekend? Uh, no. I think we're just going to sit on the couch, be fat and sassy, and watch sports. I think that's the plan. Let's just say, folks, if you wanted to go to, over to Bovada right now and bet on Wits or I for blacking out, it's actually not great value. Um, what usually is minus 120 is sitting probably at plus 2,500 after the two weekends we just experienced. Um, so that's going to be on our future podcast called Weekends with Wits and Roz. Um, <laughs> so catch us, uh, catch us next time. This has been the opening line. Weirdly, we had a huge bump in downloads this month. So keep listening. All right. I mean, hit us up. I don't know who's downloading, but we love you. So, uh, We'll catch you next time, everybody. This has been the opening line with your boys, Wits and Roz.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.